Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Hey guys, welcome to this throwback episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. Uh, before we joined Buffalo Rumblings in 2018, we were just circling the wagons and had probably recorded about 50 or so standalone episodes. A bunch of them never made it to this feed, and with sports podcasts and the way that they go and the fact that there's not a lot of replayability with older podcasts, I mean, who wants to listen to a recap of the Week 5 loss to the Bengals in 2017, right? But there are a couple of replayable episodes that we've re-released on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network, including the Christmas movie draft episode that we did with Mike and John. There was the Wonderlick test episode where Mike, John, and I took the Wonderlick and compared results. And now there's this draft day movie review episode. So I recorded this one with a good friend, Zach, that I had on to discuss quarterbacks like Josh Allen before the draft in 2018. And we had such uh, interesting thoughts on the movie, uh, the draft day movie, that uh, after our draft talk episodes, we recorded this standalone one. And to be honest, I wasn't going to re-release it. That wasn't my plan uh, this offseason. But I had Zach on again to preview the Bills 49ers game this past season. And, and I mentioned... Uh, the last time I had you on, Zach, was to talk about the draft day movie with Kevin Costner. And several of you messaged me right after that preview episode asking, where can I find this episode? How can I listen to this episode? Which I was really quite surprised. I didn't think it would get that much clout. But um, even in fact, one of our uh, most loyal listeners, uh, Miss Molly on Twitter, uh, she messaged us saying that she found it on Facebook. I forgot that we had it saved as a video, but it got me thinking that I should re-release this episode again now that the draft is over, now that it's peak off season, and give you guys a chance to listen to our thoughts on that movie in 2014. Now, <clears throat> if you haven't seen the movie, it's okay. We go over it in great depth. So you'll get our thoughts on the movie. But if not, you can obviously stop the podcast right now, watch it, then listen to our thoughts on it. But honestly, if you haven't watched it now, it's been seven years, you probably won't watch it at this point, right? So um, there will be spoilers. Um, there's not much to spoil. It's not like it's a uh, it's a suspenseful movie. Well, it is a little bit, I guess. We'll, we'll talk about that. So without further ado, the episode that nobody asked for besides like six of you guys, the re-release of the Draft Day 2014 movie review. We're just going to hit this and be like, this movie is terrible. <laughs> For all the following reasons. <laughs> bah, 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 bah. Hi, I'm former Buffalo Bills wide receiver Don Beebe, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellas on Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. Because nobody circles a wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Welcome to 
to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hey, sports movie fans, NFL draft fans, what is up? Welcome to another episode of the Circling the Wagons podcast, the only podcast that thinks it's slightly inconvenient to bury your father's ashes the day of the NFL draft. When you're the GM of an NFL franchise, I'm your host, Nate, joined by my co-host, Zach Sheets. Zach, welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing? Not bad, Nate. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, we're talking about the movie Draft Day, the 2014 movie that came out. So tell a quick story. I know that you've seen this movie. There's a, there's a story that you have behind this movie. When did you see this movie for the first time? Okay. So, when I saw the trailer for this movie, as big of a draft fan as I am, I was super hyped. Oh, I yeah. I was like, this is going to be awesome. I cannot wait until this comes it was, out. It was, I think, the first movie that had the NFL's backing in it. I mean, you look back yeah. all the, like, Any Given Sunday, the the any of those yep. other, there, there was absolutely no reference to the NFL. This was the first NFL-backed movie. Yep. It had, Brian, it had Kevin Costner. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sports movies with Kevin Costner are gold. Everybody gold. knows that. Everyone knows that. All right. <laughs> So, me and my three roommates go on a golf trip every year. This year, we were playing in Hawaii, and the movie came out. So, we took one night, and we went to the theater. I was super jacked up, super hyped, ready to go, ready to watch this movie. And it came out during draft, like around the draft time. Yep, like, yep. A couple weeks. We went to, yeah, we went in March. March. So, yeah, it was about a month before. Mm-hmm. Um, And we got in there, and... I watched it, and as I was watching it, I was the guy in the theater that everybody hates. The guy in the theater that was not being quiet, that was literally almost booing at the screen. (laughs) Um, We'll get into this a little bit more down the line, but yeah, suffice it to say, it was not great. Did you get any looks from people in the audience? I mean, I'm sure I did. It was dark, so I couldn't see them, but (laughs) I'm sure I did. (laughs) laughing at Tizer people. I don't understand why he's laughing. Why is he laughing at Oh, yeah. It was so bad that it was comical. The Jaguars just traded. I don't understand. Why would he laugh at that? That's That seems like an even trade. The love story between Kevin Costner and Jennifer Garner is just amazing. I don't know why he's laughing at that. Dude, so so my take on this movie (laughs) is I think I saw it on Netflix after it came out. And I remember it coming out, too. I was was jacked about it. Mm -hmm. You have... You have, first of all, this movie could have been so much. Not to give away our thoughts on this movie, but this movie... (laughs) I think I did that already. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't disagree with you at all. (laughs) No, no, Zach, it was okay. No, this. I think this movie could have been so much. I mean, like we mentioned, it was the first movie that I've ever seen. You know, that includes like even the funny movies like Necessary Roughness, other NFL movies. this was the first one that had the NFL's backing. It had, you know, Chris Berman. It had all these NFL personalities, NFL network personalities, Adam Schefter. You know, it Kuiper, had McShay. Kuiper McShay. I mean, this, it had Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner, sports movie legend Kevin Costner, guy who's got Field of Dreams, Bull Durham, for the love of the game. I'd even put, I'd even put Tin Cup in there. Funny movie. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Maybe, maybe not on the same level of Field of Dreams, but definitely better than this movie. You know, it had other great actors, actresses. 
uh, Jennifer Garner. Um, who's the guy that was uh, the actor of Black Panther? Why can't I think of his name? Oh, uh, Chadwick Boseman. Um, you know, there were a lot of fam- Dennis Leary was in it. Yep. He was a coach. All, um, the, all the stars were aligned for this to be a very, very good movie for anybody who follows the draft like I like I do. And I know like even football fans in general, even football. It was Av- Ivan Reitman was the director. He's yep. done a lot of good movies. You know, um, it was it, it was just a turd. <laughs> I, I let's OK, let's so let's start about. So the beginning of the movie starts and Kevin Costner is a Cleveland Browns GM, which by the way, so, so quick fact about this movie is a movie was originally centered around the Buffalo Bills instead of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, but the studio changed it to the Browns because the production costs in Ohio were cheaper. And I know as a Bills fan, I know I was paying attention to this because before this movie came out, they were talking about, a draft movie where Kevin Costner was going to be the GM of the Bills, and you're like, let's go. You know, this sounds amazing. And then it found out that they were going to do it in Cleveland because it cost. <laughs> Infinitely by, less. By, by the way, were there was was that whole movie? Sh- it couldn't have been shot in Cleveland, right? I mean, no, most of I'm it sure took it place wasn't. in a building. Yeah. <laughs> like, what what of Cleveland was specific? But so speaking of the beginning of the movie, what are they doing in that abandoned water park? That must have been in Cleveland, I guess. But I so- mean, everybody knows day of the draft, the GM meets with the owner. Of course they do. Of course. But not everybody knows that the Browns do it at an abandoned water park. <laughs> abandoned water park. In April, mind you, this isn't summer. Oh yeah. This is Ohio, Cleveland in April. And there was no discussions apparently previously to what the brand the Browns' plan was going to be that day. The owner finally came to Kevin Costner, the GM, and said, "Hey, I want you to make a splash today." He hadn't discussed this with him previously. Previously, there was no there was no plan of action. So that was my first oh, like yeah. All that scouting you've done for the last year, just throw it out the window today because this is what I'm. I, you know how you haven't been scouting the top quarterback because you didn't think he'd fall to you. Yeah. Well, we'll now talk. you have to do some uh, a little bit of research. So, uh, so the so the Browns have the number six overall pick, right? Correct. And the GM of the Seahawks calls. He's like, "Hey, do you want this pick?" And the Browns, they're Kevin shopping Costa, number one. They're shop- Yeah, exactly. The Seahawks have the number one overall pick. They're shopping it. They go. They they call Kevin Costner. Hey, do you want this pick? It'll cost you this and this. And he's like, Nah, I'm good. They had asked for pick six, a first rounder next year, and a third rounder next year, which it's not that terrible of a trade when you think about it. No, to jump from six to one to draft, obviously your franchise quarterback. No, that's that's it was actually one of the only <laughs> the only trades there yep. that was offered that was pretty realistic. Kevin Costner scoffs at it. Scoffs. He at says, it. "I'm not going to overpay. Absolutely not." Mm-hmm. And that's the end of that. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then he has a conversation with the owner at the abandoned water park yes. in Cleveland, who says, "I want you to make a splash." And what that means is, I want you to draft a quarterback, and you have to do it, or else I'm going to fire you. <laughs> you have to draft specifically Bo Callahan, yes, as a quarterback. So, so then Kevin Costner reeling has to call Seattle, call Seattle back, and. <laughs> Basically, the Seattle GM said, that deal's off the table. We live in a different world than we did five minutes ago. <laughs> five minutes ago when you called. Price and, just went up. And the price went up. And they said, I want your 
next your your number seven pick and your two first round picks the year the next year and the year after that. And naturally Kevin Costner agrees because he likes his job because as the Cleveland Browns GM. Exactly. Exactly. You know what what bothers me? So you said it very correctly there. Throughout the entire movie they say you want three first round picks well the first one doesn't really count because you're moving from six to one so you're just swapping first round picks yes. so that doesn't really count as giving away because you're getting a first round pick so if you're getting if you're losing three first round picks you're technically getting one so the, the net loss is two yeah the language in this movie is it's, atrocious. is atrocious it's like from people that have never really watched the draft so that's a common theme in all of this they have no idea how the draft works this movie is a hollywood movie that also just happens to be with a back backdrop of the NFL draft, yeah. essentially, right? Yes, which is incredible to me because the NFL gave its okay, and it makes this process out to be super simplistic. Yes, and yes. Like the day, this whole movie takes place the day of the draft. So mm-hmm. in one day, in one day, and there are so many things in this movie that happen months before that. Just it, it doesn't seem that way when you watch the film. Yeah, no, no, it doesn't. <laughs> so, so Kevin Costner ends up giving up his picks. By the way, so we were talking about the abandoned water park. <laughs> what? I, why did they go there? Did did he own it? He make, kind of alluded to maybe he owned it, or just just of all places, why wouldn't you do it in the office? I'm sure his office is right down the off, right down the hallway from the owner's <laughs> office. I, I have no idea. I have no answer to that. This has to be no. I'm sorry. This has to be offsite. It has to be that was that was a Hollywood oh, part absolutely. of it. <laughs> like the GMs don't leave the office during this process. They oh, sleep there they overnight. Sleep there. It's exactly. a three day process, and they sleep there along with all of their draft analysts and their and their scouts and their whole draft yep. room mm-hmm. and the owner. The Seattle GM was sleeping overnight. Yes, he Kevin was. Costner was sleeping somewhere else instead. <laughs> hey yo, hey yo! Shout, shout out to Jennifer Garner in the shout shower. <laughs> Probably one of the best parts of the movie, by the way. <laughs> so while they're at the abandoned water park, the owner says, "Kevin Costner says I got a quarterback. I don't need to draft a quarterback. I got Brian Drew." To which the owner says, "Well, he's a little weak in the knees." <laughs> He got hurt last year. He hurt his knee, and that's why the guy says it. Like, like he has weak knees, so that's why he got hurt. We all know have that. You, have you ever heard that football term tossed around? You're a big NFL fan. Have you ever heard "weak in the knees" of a player? I feel absolutely like, not. No. It's like if a guy, and if a guy does have a knee injury, I mean, I don't think he's more prone to knee injuries. He just had one. Yeah. Exactly. So it's it's like he had a bad knee injury. So. He's gonna get better. That's what happens. Like if the guy was five and one and he was that good and he had a knee injury, think think of the equivalent. That's like Deshaun Watson. I think Deshaun Watson went like five and one. Well, like the the Texans aren't thinking. Well, we have to draft a quarterback this year. No, <laughs> they're like we can't wait for Deshaun to get back. Yeah, and so we can win some games. So we're gonna draft every other player that we can best possible. Exactly. Yeah, except the Browns <laughs> and Kevin Costner. So. um <laughs> one line too he says at the water park which i wrote down was um the owner the owner says the cowboys have really great helmets like what no <laughs> like, like, the, <sighs> everything about everything about the beginning of this movie drove me nuts but it didn't hold a candle to the middle and the end okay all right let's get to that so Ooh. kevin costner makes a trade um ask jennifer garner uh who we find out is in charge of the salary cap 
if they can afford the trade. <laughs> he walks after into the room. After he makes it, he breaks the news to all of his scouts, everyone, all the coaches and everything. He's like, I made the trade from six to one. And they're like, whoa, whoa, all right. Well, what'd you give up? And he's like, three first round picks. And they were like, oh my God, you just you ruined, just ruined it. Yeah. <laughs> Dennis Leary wants to quit. And <laughs> That's also a common theme in the movie. Yeah, yeah. He wants to quit. Very, <laughs> he just took the job, literally, this yeah. season. It's <laughs> So he walks in, and he gets on the board, and he says, okay, we're going to draft Bo. Bo is our guy. He's our franchise quarterback. We're going to get him. Now let's look at some film. <laughs> let's look at some film and see if we can find any negatives on this guy that I just mortgaged all of our futures to go get. Because we haven't done that previously. We haven't done that previously. And he's like, we haven't done that because I didn't think you'd fall on him. That's my fault. That's my- oh, okay. <laughs> it, there are literally scouts looking at film and going to games for every single top prospect every single year for every single team. Yeah. They don't just fly by to the seat of their pants and just decide not to watch the guy especially not the number one pick in this draft. It is incredible. Guys fall. I mean, that's the way the NFL draft is. If you've ever followed it, guys that you would never think fall. Brady Quinn was supposed to go possibly number one overall, and he slid to bottom 20s, Cleveland. (laughs) (laughs) So it happens all the time. If you're at pick six, or where were they? Pick six or pick seven? Yeah, pick six. You have to at least know your top six or seven players. You know, like, it's, it's just... So for you to not think that those guys would even fall there, I mean, he should be in your top six or seven. You should know him like yeah. the, the back of your hand. I mean, you should know way more than that. I'm not just saying just Absolutely. that. It's- but you should have six guys you're in love with. But anyway, so until now, now they're going to start doing some some, yeah, some analysis homework on, on this him. Guy. Yeah, some homework on this guy. They're going to call his college football coach. Which always happens the day of the draft. <laughs> Which always happens. Oh, speaking of the day of the draft, um, NFL draft prospects seem to call Sonny a lot. And just to say, hey, you going to draft me or not? I mean, that seems to be a common theme. They don't have their agents do it. They only call them themselves. If you don't draft me, I will fall into the teens, and I can't take a late teens paycheck, I think was the exact quote. From Vontae Mack. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, which, I can't take a late teen. Yeah. yeah. Which... The whole process, I, I don't understand. Which you can't take a late teens paycheck, which, which is what? At least two to three million a year? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Minimum? It's, like... This whole it, it makes a mockery of the whole process. Yes. And I think that that's what sits the worst with me on this whole thing is because the NFL gave its okay. Mm-hmm. Why did the NFL give its okay to this movie when it makes the entire scouting process, the process of the draft, negotiating, bargaining, just just complete like a, almost a complete joke. Like a like a couple day process and like we're good. I, yeah, I don't like know. they haven't figured it out from months in advance and figured all their and, and they made it. These guys, they're sharks. They need to do what's best for their team, so they don't care who their friends are. They don't care, you know, their their draft prospects. I mean, they're just a way for them to get to the next level. They're they're not their friends. They're not doling out. Kevin Costner's doling out life advice all the time. These draft prospects. <laughs> hey, enjoy the day. You only get drafted once. I think he said at least five times. Yep. Once, once to Arian Foster, who yeah, appears in this movie. Arian Foster, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> Who's the son of Terry Crews, which is another big-name actor that we forgot to mention. Yeah, we forgot to mention that. Yep. Yep. Uh, Arian Foster eventually gets drafted by the Browns. So, so yeah. Um, <laughs> so they're going back and forth. 
They're they're talking to Bo's coach. They're doing all their homework. They call they Bo's coach. Do. Yep, yep. And one of the scouts. <laughs> <laughs> I know where you're going with this. Go ahead. Uh, one of the scouts finds out that nobody came to this Bo Callahan's birthday party. Twenty first birthday. Twenty first birthday party at the University of Wisconsin. Yeah. So basically, he didn't have any friends, and yeah. like that was a red flag to them that they found out about. Two hours before the draft starts. Yes, roughly two hours. And so that makes Kevin Costner pause and think, maybe I don't want to take this quarterback with the first overall pick. <laughs> because his teammates may or may not have come to his 21st birthday party. Even though the guy's got eye-popping stats, he's an amazing prospect. But... It- and that, that, <laughs> Sorry. No, that no. was a That was a huge red flag for them. So then once Kevin Costner gets off the phone with this other prospect that calls him, Vontae Mack, Vontae Mack says that this quarterback is a fraud, basically. Yeah. He's not as good as everybody says he is. And he says, watch the film when I played against them. Mm-hmm. Which everybody knows that when you go into the draft and you have the number one prospect playing against another top 10 prospect, one on offense and one on defense, you don't generally watch that game until the day of the draft, right? <laughs> no. No. Uh, Why would you want to watch not. them against good competition? No. No. So then they put on the tape in the war room. And which, they... which, by the way, they were going to draft Vontae Mack. Yes. So they should have known that game for sure. Obviously. They should have seen Vontae Mack have four sacks in that game. By the way, was Vontae Mack a middle linebacker? Yes. What kind of middle linebackers? Four sacks in a they game. They just blitzed them. They just blitzed them. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah. So, so they p- turn on this film. They watch it. Vontae Max sacks the quarterback. The play after the quarterback gets sacked, he's super jumpy, and he just doesn't complete any passes. And so that makes another like thought in Kevin Costner's head. Maybe Vontae was right, and this quarterback is a joke, and he is a bust. So maybe I shouldn't draft him. But Bo Callahan actually had a really good game that game, but it was after Vontae Mack left the game because he was ejected. Why, Zach? Because he had a pick six. He took the ball and he handed it to his sister in the crowd and the referee threw a flag on him and he lost it and he gave the ball to his sister who had cancer and who died about six months after this game happened and he got thrown out of the game and then Bo ended up coming back and winning that game in overtime. An amazing game after that. Yeah. And then... (laughs) Nobody apparently in that Browns war room knew that Vontae got thrown out of that game. <laughs> they didn't even know. They didn't even know. They didn't know why. <laughs> they, didn't. they said, oh, look at him hot-dogging and giving the ball to some girl in the Some stands. girl in this The girl who has like a head wrap. Yeah. It wasn't like some hottie, some smoke show that just like some co-ed in the... No. It was, it was a woman <laughs> with a headdress like someone with a head cancer. I, and it's just... Uh, that was a very Hollywood moment, which I got to be honest, I didn't mind that moment. That kind of like uh, made me feel because he was talking about his nephews. He was driving his nephews around. At first, you're just like, he's like, I got to get a paycheck for my nephews. So I I personally, I kind of <laughs> like that that moment. It made you feel for Vontae Mack a little bit. Yeah. At this point, I'm on my feet in the theater, like throwing <laughs> popcorn at the screen, like booing my head off because this is just, it's incredible. It's incredible to me that- that nobody knew, like, this was the prospect that they were trying to take 
with their first round pick, and nobody watched this game. Nobody watched this game. And this, this important game. So then we finally. <laughs> but it's funny because they were watching it for Von. They weren't watching it for Bo Callahan before. They, they would have been watching it for Von Mack, and they missed all yeah, of this. They missed the whole thing. There was no like, red flag for personality or anything like that. Like, this there would wasn't. Be. This wasn't a celebration for some tackle. This was a pick six. This was a game-changing play, and they had no idea that it happened. No it idea. was incredible. No idea. So, so, finally, Kevin Costner has his mom get to the facility, and they want to do a funeral for Sonny's dad, who had just passed away. And they, a week before, a, a week, before. a week before the draft, and they wanted to take the entire war room out of the war room the day of the draft, go to the middle of this practice field and spread the spread uh, Sonny's dad's ashes. This just is... So let's let's back up about okay, that. Let me, let's set up the scene. So, go ahead. So um, Kevin Costner just gets back from that whole film study session. He walks into his office and he sees his mom waiting there, which is fine, whatever. It's his mom... Well, you know, it's his mother, whatever. They want to talk about the will. The other woman that's in the office that's roughly about Kevin Costner's age, you figure, is probably his sister because they were talking about reading their father's will, which Kevin Costner missed. They were reading his father's will, and one of his one of the things that he stipulations of the will was for his ashes to be buried on Sunny Weaver Field, which was named after his father. And which makes total sense. That makes total sense. Absolutely. What doesn't make sense is that woman standing sitting there is not his is not his sister. It's his ex-wife. <laughs> so we just had to meet his ex-wife somehow in this movie. So why wouldn't his ex-wife be at the reading of his father's will? Of course she is. Of course she is. Well, why wouldn't it be? Why wouldn't my ex-girlfriend be at my wedding? You know, like well, what sense does that make? <laughs> no. Zero. This, no, it was a completely Hollywood put in put the, in yeah the, this whole part was completely hollywood the, it was it was just so so of course he says no not today he throws his computer in the wall which can anyone blame him if you were the mother of kevin costner and your husband was the coach i think you would have some sort of ability to grasp the sacredness of draft day and even maybe the draft weekend and wait until after. 100%. 100%. You would know that. And it's not like he died yesterday. The guy's been dead for a week. He ain't going anywhere. <laughs> Those ashes aren't. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that there's almost no family contact for any GMs or any of the war yeah. room guys for this entire weekend. <laughs> yeah. So no, no. I think, And I'm pretty sure the family understands because, hey, guess what? This is my job. Yeah. This is the one week of the year. The one weekend of the year that my job needs my full undivided attention without any distractions. And and any distraction could change our future as a family, financially, yep. you know, risk-wise. If we don't get this right, we're going to get fired. Yeah. And I would say spreading your father's ashes is a distraction, it's a minor one. Just a minor one. <laughs> okay, so we picked up the uh, the ashes being buried in midfield. For Kevin Costner's father, who he fired, by the way, which is a very Hollywood way of firing him. It wasn't because he wasn't that good. He fired his father. Kevin Costner fired his father a year or two prior because... His mom asked him to. His mom asked him to. Yeah. So she could spend some time with him away from football. Away from football. With a few years that he had left. Apparently not many years. No. It was very very close to the end. Spoiler alert. (laughs) 
Uh, so, okay. So, so Costner calls up, by the way, we were talking about Vontae Mack. He has the most ridiculous phone case, right? Have you ever seen somebody with a brass knuckles phone case? I mean, what, what was that? Really? Never, never in my life, but <laughs> really? I mean, that's about right. For that's this. about right. Yeah. I thought that was a little, a little much, but <laughs> go with that. What are you going to punch someone and make a phone call? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and that's not even the kind of guy he was, first of all. They weren't like, he wasn't like a thug. No. He was just a normal guy. If anything, he was actually like a, like a guy, a sympathetic character, if anything. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, so after Costner had made the trade with the Seattle G- GM, he calls him up after the trade and asks him, why were you willing to give away that first round pick? What do you, what's wrong with Bo Callahan? <laughs> this quarterback is such a surefire guy. Yeah, well, what's... Why did you move your pick? Like GMs do. <laughs> like GMs, yeah. They just give away. They, they completely... They give away all their secrets. Yeah. And... If they, yeah. <laughs> that's one thing that's completely missed on this movie entirely, is that GMs are poker players. They don't give away their hand, and they don't tell them anything more than they absolutely need to. So they would never say why they didn't do that. And that happens a couple of times. That happens later. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that. But that happens with the Jacksonville GM and Kevin Costner. Mm-hmm. So Costner then calls up the Wisconsin head coach. I don't even know the name of the actor, but I love him. He's awesome. And he just is the biggest prick to Kevin Costner. <laughs> and I loved it. And he's like, you mean to tell me that you're gonna, you're not going to pick up the surest prospect in the draft because no one showed up to his birthday party. He's like, maybe one of the reasons why the cops didn't have any of their names is because they have respect for Wisconsin football players and they don't want to see any of their guys get hurt over something stupid. Like, what What was the reason why the cops even showed up to the birthday party? Because the cash register... Yeah, the cash register like went missing. Oh, the There's restaurant some, some yeah, was got robbed or whatever. Yeah. So the police just basically kept everyone. And that was the whole thing. None of the players were on the list of uh, names questioned by the uh, police. And so the guy pretty much puts Kevin Costner right in his place. <laughs> he basically said, stop bothering me with stop this Stop bothering me with stuff. that. And then Kevin Costner's like, oh, yeah, that was really dumb. Oh. Um, so then the, the scout that brought up the restaurant, Bo Callahan not having any friends, comes to Kevin Costner again. He's like, I got something more for you. <laughs> and he talks about a, a playbook that it was like a sample playbook that all teams – asked um, all the prospects to learn, and they taped a $100 bill to the back of the playbook. And so when they brought the playbook back in and the prospects were getting questioned by the team, the team would bring up this $100, and a team the, the player would be like, oh, yeah, like, here he you go, or, yeah, that was a good one, like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, or or they would, like, or, it was a test to see if they even looked through the playbook yeah, if they, to if got they to the $100 the bill. Right? Yeah, if they finished the whole playbook. Because if they didn't even read through the playbook, which which is very possible, then they wouldn't have seen the $100 bill. So in that case, they would ask them about that, and they would either, yeah, they would say, oh, yeah, sorry, I didn't even look at it. They would admit it. Yeah. Or whatever. And then one quarterback lied. One quarterback lied. And it's, basically said, oh, like, haha, yeah, that's that's a good good one, guys. And that that guy was... Bo Callahan. Yeah, yeah. And they caught him in like two lies, yeah, right? Yeah, they, they caught him in two different lies. And then... He was the only he, player to ever do that. He was like... He had the balls to like lie on top of his first lie. Yeah. And then... Like he's the, like, yeah, yeah, good one. And then he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah. I forget and, exactly um, what it was. 
then the same guy who tells Kevin Costner about Bo and the $100 bill also says they also had one other really weird, really weird um, reaction to the $100 bill. And it was Brian Drew, and he mailed the $100 bill back to the team that offered it, or that whose playbook it was, and said, um, save this for when I win you the Super Bowl. Yeah. And that was a whole... A whole Hollywood moment too. The whole Hollywood moment. The that, quarterback, the 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 grizzled vet, the coming off an injury, best shape of his entire life, squatting four hundred, benching two fifty <laughs> fifty times or whatever it was. You know, the the actor from Smallville, right? Superman from Smallville. Yep. And uh yeah, he was he was another another moment. Um <laughs> so let me ask you a question. So I I didn't like this movie overall, but some of these moments that were Hollywood moments, I kind of got into a little bit like like I love I love the idea of of the guy that's currently on the roster the the underdog guy the guy that everyone wants to move on from and get the young new shiny quarterback he had this amazing story and this and that and then you know the thing about Vontae's you know sister having cancer like those are yeah. I I dug that a little bit I got to be honest would you have liked that if the movie was more realistic NFL wise and draft wise, would you have liked those parts and would it have just enhanced the movie for you? I think that it would have added a little bit to it for me, but I, I don't would know. Would you rather I, have had a movie that didn't have any of that crap? Yes. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was fully on board with this being a movie about the draft and the process. And it turned out to not be that. More like Moneyball, where it was just mostly... Even Moneyball, I thought one of the most uninteresting parts of Moneyball was the backstory of the the relationship with his daughters. Yeah, it was horrible. It was horrible. (laughs) And it just detracted away from the story. Whereas I feel like this this movie was an in-between of like, hey, you want to have the feels and we want to make this a real NFL movie. And it didn't do good at either. Whereas, like, you got to go all in on one. Don't do anything about the intricacies of the draft. And yeah. then just make it a full Hollywood or make it full, you know, draft. Moneyball yeah. version of the draft and leave out all that crap, you know, that, yeah. that is mean, just made for Hollywood. The, some, the sappy. Some, some of the Hollywood stuff added a little bit to it, backstory-wise, like the Vontae story. That was fine. I mean... And there are some stories like yeah. that in the actual draft. But let's just say the relationship between... Jennifer Garner and Kevin Costner didn't need to happen. No. At all. They didn't enhance the story whatsoever. Nope. And um, the whole Daz Ashes thing, that didn't need to happen in nope. my opinion. No. Nope. Um, so, I mean, when it, it comes to the backstory of the prospects, sure. But apart from that, I could have done without it. Yeah, you literally could have gotten rid of all of that. Every everything, him, him, all of us. He was gonna have a baby with Jennifer. Gar- what? Did, why was that important? <laughs> you might as well tell me that the day the day of the draft. You, yeah, exactly. You couldn't this save is, that for tomorrow. No, no, you have to know today. Jesus. <laughs> so you got. We'll get to we'll get to Jesus later. By the way, okay, that's gonna be an important part later in this <laughs> in this podcast. Believe it or not. So, um, so okay, we got to. 
on the $100 bill in the playbook. So we see Bo Callahan has some character issues, possibly. The Chiefs call up trying to trade for Brian Drew. So all of a sudden, Kev Gosner's like, oh, you want Brian Drew, huh? Maybe that means that he's uh, actually a good quarterback. If guys are, what do you want for him? You know, this and that. The Bills are trying to trade up for the number one pick. Um, they're willing to trade players and picks, you know, to get um, to the number one spot to get Bo Callahan. And by the way, so I'm a Bills fan, and... Um, this is just a side note as a Bills fan. Uh, they showed Russ Brandon in that, in that, and he's at the time, I think he was the Bills, uh, president. I think he still is a Bills president. I think of he still is. And around the time when Rex Ryan got fired, just not far after this movie came out, there was a lot of backlash. So the Bills got rid of their GM, they got rid of their coach, but Russ Brandon stayed. And you keep on thinking of like, why, why would they want him to, because he was there the entire you know, extent of the drought. And I can't help but think I'm watching this movie and he's in it trying to make a deal. And I can't help but think of how many people, Bills fans in particular, saw this movie and they're like, here's this jerk, you know, trying to make trades. He's obviously part of the front office making decisions. He needs to be gift- he needs to be fired along with Rex Ryan. <laughs> so like subconsciously, I'm thinking this is a Bills fan. And I'm like, yeah, he's tra- he wanted to be part of this movie. You know, because the yeah. other guys were actors, really, for the most part. He was the only actual Bills front office exec. And so anyway, I just thought it's like an aside. <laughs> I could see Bills fans. I was thinking that. I'm like, fire this dude. Anyway, um, uh, so um, another thing that, that was not realistic whatsoever is Roger Goodell did not get booed when he when he came on stage for the beginning of the of the NFL draft. If, if you guys ever watch the NFL draft, you watch it this year or next year or any previous year. Roger Goodell always gets booed, even at the very beginning of the draft. Even though people are psyched about the draft, people love the NFL draft, he will get booed nonstop. Every pick of the entire first round, he comes out and announces it, and every pick, he gets booed. It is one of my favorite parts. I enjoy it immensely. <laughs> immensely. <It's, laughs> I get excited just thinking about how it's going to happen in a few weeks. <laughs> and <laughs> for that not to happen... It was infuriating. It was. To me. It was just like it was like the NFL's like, yeah, let's not let's not make it so realistic. Yeah, you know, let's, let's not uh, show our commissioner in a negative connotation. <laughs> people that watch the NFL know that that's a complete lie. That's not how it works. But you know, for people that don't watch football, which we'll get to later, uh, probably thought, oh yeah, this is normal. You got to understand what's even funnier about the commissioner getting booed is that everyone at the NFL draft paid a ton of money to get to the NFL draft, and they're all huge football fans. <laughs> I mean, these are the biggest football fans ever and they're booing the guy that represents the entire football league (laughs) (laughs) so it's like it's like getting tickets to the state of the union address and then just booing the president president every time he (laughs) talks like oh man i can't wait to go to the boo (laughs) (laughs) why is it do you think that the the commissioner gets booed is it just because he's what represents the owners and the Fans don't really appreciate the owners, or what? I don't think it's the owners at all. Okay, I honestly believe that nobody likes Roger Goodell. I really don't. The only <laughs> people that like Roger Goodell are the owners, and possibly the family their, of Roger Goodell. Maybe, yeah, maybe he is their puppet. He, yeah, he is the puppet of the owners, and as long as he's there, the owners are going to still keep making money hand over fist, and everybody hates him for it because <laughs> <laughs> he can't figure out what 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 a catch is. <laughs> Oh, God. And uh, anyway, we won't get into that. We'll, we'll stick to the movie. <laughs> stick to the draft day movie. Um, 
So the draft night is about to start. About, about to start. Yeah. Uh, Roger Goodell comes up, doesn't get booed, announces the, the Cleveland Browns are on the clock, right? Yes. So the clock starts. 10 minutes, ticking. 959, 958, 957. And all of a sudden, <laughs> the, the Browns just went on the clock, and the announcers are talking about their pick not being in on time. Yep. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Like within seconds, like usually that doesn't happen until like it's a minute left and they're ticking down. If that, if it ever yeah, happens, yeah. Also, Sonny is not in the draft. Room. He's not in the draft room. He's in his own office, just kind of chilling, <laughs> taking stock of what's going on. And yeah, we're on the clock. We have ten minutes to make a life-altering pick, and I'm not even going to be in the room with any of my guys. Why? Why would I be there to make any last-minute discussions? Nope. It's uh. Then the pick comes in. Pick comes in. And... Wait, wait, wait. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> pick is in. Who did the Browns select with their number one overall pick, Zach? The number one overall pick that the Cleveland Browns selected in the draft after trading up from number six to number one and giving up three first round or two first round picks and swapping first. Vontae Mack, middle linebacker, Ohio State. So he drafted the guy that he was going to draft originally before he gave up all those picks to go to one at one instead of just waiting to draft him at six. And and giving up no picks. And giving up no picks. And he drafted a middle linebacker first overall, which will never, ever, 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 ever happen. It has never happened as far as I know. In the history of the world. The the best middle linebackers, I think the, what, top ten maybe? Like Luke Keekley, yeah, probably the best linebacker in the league right now. Was he 10, 12? <laughs> he, was, yeah. he wasn't number one overall. No, it's yeah. um, Ray Lewis wasn't even no, number he was top drafted 10. like bottom of the first six, I yeah. want to say. Yeah, I think they said it in the movie. He they was did. in the movie, they did, they did. And yeah, it was like 26, exactly. Um, Middle well, linebacker, never. No, so Kevin Costner calls this pick in from his own office, then he goes down to the draft room after it gets announced, and the entire draft room is just losing their shit. Mm-hmm. Oh. And um, they were losing it. They said they can't believe they can't believe he gave up this much to draft a middle linebacker. And the coach is losing it. We don't have a future anymore. I, I quit. quit. <laughs> I quit. And then um, a piece of paper like falls out of Sonny's pocket, and it says Vontae Mack, no matter what, that he wrote down he wrote at earlier, the beginning of this yep. movie in his house. Mm-hmm. So before he made that trade. Oh, after he found out he had a baby. Yes. He was going to have a baby. Yeah. yeah. At Jennifer Garner's house, in her kitchen, <sighs> Vontae Mack, no matter what. So that, up. that was his plan. This he was going to do that the whole time. He had a plan. And then... Oh, he stuck to the plan, at least. <laughs> he stuck to the plan. And gave up all their future Gave up their entire future and got the owner. The owner is it's pissed. pissed. So oh, he yeah. was at Radio City in New York, in New York, ready to hand Bo Callahan his number one overall jersey for the Browns. Sonny drafts Vontae Mack, and the owner just bails. He just gets on a plane and flies directly to Cleveland to... I'll see you what, in an hour. Yeah, what we assume is to just fire... Sonny immediately. Yeah. And then what happens next? Okay, so so I know what's gonna happen next, and this is one of the best parts of the movie, but let's back up why they didn't draft Bo Callahan. He called Kevin Costner calls up Bo Callahan <laughs> in 
the green was it the green room the war what do they call that yeah thing? It's the green in, the, room. In, the, in the green it's room the green in the room. back yep so a lot of NFL prospects rookie prospects uh, stay in the back area where especially if they're expected to be yeah. drafted early with their with, families with their, their families agents. they sit there yep with their yep. agents um, you know when they get picked they big hugs all around smiles and everything like that it's a big it's a big put on by the NFL to you know show these guys getting drafted but um, he calls up Bo. Which who who's Bo's agent by the way? P Diddy, obviously. <laughs> obviously, he is the premier representation of all NFL talent. Everybody knows that. Everyone knows that. Perfect for this role, right? Of course, <laughs> of course. Um, he calls up Bo Callahan, talks to him, and he says, "Why wasn't?" Even though he knows the answer to this, and it was not a big deal, he asks him again, "Why wasn't anybody at your birthday party, son?" To which you just have to like. I I feel like I just. Even though we didn't watch the movie together, you and I, yeah, I feel like there was a collective eye roll at that part. Like, oh, of bro, you gonna keep talking about this stupid birthday party again? And Bo Callahan's response: To be honest, I don't really remember much of that night, I sir. Was too drunk. I was too drunk. And then he gets off the phone. He's like, "Good luck, son. You only get drafted like whatever. You only get drafted once. Yeah, for God's sake, for the eighth time he said in this movie, <laughs> and." And again, there's no enlightening part of that conversation that should sway your decision making one way or another. He was a 21 year old that probably got drunk on his birthday. Who gives a shit? Every 21 year old does. Everyone, it's- exactly. Exactly. So again, so then he makes the pick for Vontae Mack based off of what? 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 what why was that? Did that conversation even need to be made? And then, but so, so then what happens is. Bo Callahan starts dropping. He starts falling. Starts falling down the draft board. He falls down number two, number three. Number four. Number four. No, doesn't pick him. And everybody's wondering why he's not getting picked. You got who where does Jacksonville pick? Jacksonville six. picked at six. Okay. Six. Denver has Denver has five. Denver has five. Which they have five in this draft too. So that's pretty cool. But <laughs> yeah. um, so Denver has an all-pro quarterback, so they don't go um, Callahan either. So then Sonny. But before before the Broncos make their pick, Sonny calls up Sonny calls up the, the Jacksonville. GM from Jacksonville yep. who owned the sixth pick. Yeah, and, knowing that the Broncos aren't going to pick one because yes. they have an all-star quarterback. And starts tossing out offers for the sixth pick. Yeah. And <laughs> The Jaguars GM is a bumbling idiot right yeah they portray him as the dumbest person in the entire movie yeah which you wouldn't want him you running don't, you don't get a gm job when you're a moron you wouldn't want him running a warehouse at a very small factory much less an entire him, nfl you don't want him team. running a concession stand at your stadium yeah. they He's, make him out to be the dumbest person ever yeah exactly and so Sonny calls him and he starts offering them trades for the number six pick well, everybody knows they don't have any first-round picks anymore. They're all gone. Damn he gone. traded them all away. So then he starts offering them number two picks. And he says, I'll give you two number two picks for the sixth pick overall. And the Jacksonville GM delivers probably the most iconic line of the movie for me was, Oh, okay, Sonny. Yeah, what am I, a jerk? <laughs> <laughs> he said that in the theater, and I just lost it. I was just like, "I'm done. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah, I'm know. out on this." I know. I know. And if this was a real movie, he'd be swearing. Oh yeah. Like, what do you think? I'm a bleeping. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so he declines that offer, and then 
he's all over the place because they apparently don't have a draft board in Jacksonville. They don't have no. They don't no. So he has no idea who he's picking, and he's almost on the clock. So he's kind of scrambling, and he ends up asking Sonny, "What is the best offer that you can make me?" Which that's not because a, that's because not a good negotiation Sonny's, tactic. Sonny's biggest selling point to this guy was this Jaguars GM was. If you give me this pick, you won't have to make this pick, and you'll get some picks. You'll, you'll look like regroup. a group. You'll get to regroup. You won't have to think till the next round. To which every GM, because because apparently the GM only had five prospects in mind, figuring Bo Callahan would be gone. So that's it. So why would you think past that? <laughs> he was not ready for you know the sixth pick with uh, Bo Callahan still being on there. So <laughs> and another very funny line is when they're on the phone, the Jacksonville GM and Sonny that. Sonny goes, every year, somebody comes out of this looking like a donkey. And I think that it might be you if you don't make this trade. Meanwhile, in my head, I go, you just traded three first-round picks for a middle linebacker, you bozo. You would know, if anyone would you're, know what a donkey is. You're the donkey. You're the donkey. And no matter what you do, you're still the donkey. <laughs> so... Okay, so they they end up settling. Realizing he knows what a donkey looks like, he's trying to make somebody yeah. else look like a worse donkey. Oh god. So they end up settling the the Browns trade three second round picks for the number 6 overall pick in the draft. Yes. And then that deal gets made, everybody in Jacksonville celebrates for celebrates, some reason, yeah. which is baffling. And then Sonny calls the GM from the Seahawks again. Mm-hmm. And wait, wait, wait! Um, let me stop you right there God. before we get out of the Jaguars trade. <laughs> so, if we're talking NFL draft value charts, I know we don't have the numbers right in front of us. Yeah, but future second round picks are basically third round picks, right? Because Correct. because if it's a second this year, because it's just like a future pick isn't worth as much as yep. one. I have it's like two in the hand equal one in the hand equals two in the bush or yeah, whatever. Right? You don't know the value of what they're going to be. Exactly. So it's actually worth less. So they're basically like. Three third round picks, almost. Oh, uh, one second because it's this year's second. Oh yeah, this year's yeah, second, this and then year's two, second, and then two thirds. Basically. Whereas, like a number six overall pick is worth a lot. Oh yeah, <laughs> as we see in any draft trade, it, it just would never work. This this year with the Colts and the Jets. Okay, they swapped first round picks, but the uh, the Browns couldn't do that because they they already used their first round pick. Yep, and then they also got two future second round or two seconds this year, and then a future second next year. Yep, I mean that's. Infinitely better than what way better the Jaguars got way better. Uh, the Jaguars lost in that trade tremendously, but everybody um, celebrated in their draft room like yeah, they won. Yeah, yeah, and because to the because people that don't pay attention to the NFL, more draft picks is obviously better than less draft picks. Yeah, they are not <laughs> informed. It's and like they don't know the value of what they're talking about. Yeah, if you were to look at, I, I want to say I don't know off the top of my head. I want to say that. If you were to look at a draft value chart, quote unquote, the sixth pick is worth, I want to say like 1,800 or something like 1,800 points or something like that. And the highest a second round pick worth is worth is like 400 or something like that. Yeah. It's not even remotely close. It's not even close. And you're talking futures, like ones, you know, so it's worth even less. <laughs> and that's like if you have a top of the second round, I mean, it gets even, it goes down to like 200 points. So it would take like. Eight picks, eight second round picks to equal the six overall pick. Anyway. So pretty much, so now Cleveland has the sixth overall pick. And Sonny calls the GM from Seattle. And 
The Seattle War Room is going nuts. They're celebrating. The guy that they wanted at one is falling. They already have two extra years of first-round picks from the Browns, and they still might get the guy they were going to take at one at seven. Because they don't think Cleveland is going to take him. No, Kevin Costner's not taking Bo Callahan now. No, they they think that the Jacksonville guy, mm-hmm. the Jack, Jacksonville still had the oh, pick. That's right. They think yeah. Jacksonville's yeah. And he said because that kid was a rookie GM that he was going to screw it all up or something like that. That would be possible. Yeah. And so now Costner calls down there and he goes, "No, I have the pick. I just made a trade with the Jags." And then pretty much all hell breaks loose. Um, <laughs> they go back and forth with trade offers. Uh, it's very hilarious because Kevin Costner uses the. Uh, we live in a different world than we did five minutes ago. <laughs> five minutes ago, yep. The now, line back, and then yep. he switches it up. And so, basically, what ends up happening is Kevin Costner demands to move f- f- that Seattle give him all three of his first round picks back. Yeah, to move from or all two of his first round picks plus the seven pick mm-hmm. to move from seven to six, six to move one spot. Absurd. Absurd. Absurd value. Absurd. R- ridiculous. Would never, ever, ever, ever happen. And so in this whole thing, like this can't be lost on us. I have to bring this up. This whole thing, like the beginning of this movie, which was literally 10 hours earlier, <laughs> eight hours earlier, maybe <laughs> he, Kevin Costner is a bumbling idiot when it comes to negotiating and getting picks. The end of this movie at this point, he's almost Donald Trump out of the deal sort of negotiator. I mean, he is boiler room, you know, make, he is Wolf of Wall Street at this point. I mean, eight hours ago, he couldn't, you know, negotiate to save his life. Now he is demanding all of his picks back. He's got the guy, you know, by the balls. He's, yeah. he, he is, he is the best negotiator that's known to mankind. <laughs> and so, so he gets Seattle to, to agree to give him all three of his first-round picks back to swap seven and six so that Seattle can draft Bo Callahan. And then he puts the guy on pause and says, what else do we need? And his entire draft room of the smartest football minds in Cleveland come up. They could say any player. Any player on the roster. And they say... David Putney. David Putney. Who is a punt returner. David effing David goddamn Putney. (laughs) And so then Sonny comes back on the phone and says, I want all three of my picks back and David goddamn Putney because I feel like it. And everybody was like, oh, we got him. He got him. That's incredible. And then Seattle agrees for some ridiculous reason. Yeah. Seattle takes Bo Callahan at six, and then, like, the feel-good story, another one of them, is Ray Jennings, who is a running back. His dad used to play for the Browns. He was a Browns legend, and now Ray Jennings, a.k.a. Arian Foster, Mm -hmm. gets drafted to the Browns. The Browns get all their first-round picks Which Dennis Leary, the coach, really wanted... He wanted. He wanted. What was his Ray name? Jennings. Ray Jennings. Yeah. He wanted Ray Jennings really bad for his offense as a running yes. back. So, so he gets he gets what he wants. So he doesn't want to quit now. Costner they gets get, what he wants. Costner gets what he Vontae wants. Mack. 
Vontae Mack, and everybody, and all their draft picks back happily ever after, except for their except seconds. for the seconds for the next three years. Jacksonville's got that. Jacksonville's got that. <laughs> so, so for those that don't know football, if you're on the outside looking in, you think that's a great deal. Oh, they got a punt returner, but everyone knows that a punt returner is unless you have the best one in history, Dante they're basically Hall. they're useless. Yeah, I mean they're they're special teams players, which is like what? So you're gonna use them for five six times a game, like you know, as opposed to like a wide receiver. Who's on the play on the field half the game? They no, let's said, get a punt returner. They could have said any position. Any position. They could have said any player. And they came up with a punt returner as a group. Give and everybody a, was like, yes. Give me a safety. A, give me a guard. Anyone but a, a punt great, returner. A great idea. Great the, idea. the war room was like, oh, that's oh, awesome. Sh- let's do it. They might have, they might as well have said long snapper. You want <laughs> we'll yeah. take your long snapper from you. It uh, was just uh, it was and then the, and then they, they uh, draft Ray Jennings. They have this party the draft party that most teams do still have uh yeah they introduce both players and then the close of the movie is the browns with Vontae mack and ray jennings in the middle because everybody knows the rookies lead the team every time only only rookies (laughs) not 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 the 30 year old guys have been in the league for 10 years no and they're (laughs) the rookies only Pumped up in the tunnel, tunnel. and they run out onto the field. With Brian Drew. With Brian Drew as the quarterback. quarterback. Ray Jennings as their running back. Vontae Mack as their middle linebacker of the future. And everybody lives happily ever after. And we all know the ending to that story. The Browns go 2-14 and and have the number one pick pick in in the NFL draft the next year. Every year year for the the next 10 years. It was probably... Oh, oh, not just the ending. Kevin Costner and Jennifer Garner make sure to let their mom know that they're a thing. For sure, and that they're going to have a baby, which she can't wait to be a grandmother at, what, 90? Yep. (laughs) It's the best time to be. (laughs) She was roughly 400 years old, and she was thrilled. The news news made her so happy. It could have been better. Just one last Hollywood ending for this movie, that was. Uh, It was uh, completely useless. Useless. That was Uh, one of the single worst movies I've ever seen. (laughs) <laughs> probably the biggest letdown for me personally. Yeah. I don't know if ever. I've seen a worse football movie, like no joke. And, and there's no. been some bad ones. Waterboy was better than that one. Little giants, little giants. Oh, pfft. dude. Little giants was a great movie Absolutely. in general, <laughs> <laughs> but no, like honestly. so was water. So was Waterboy, by the way. Oh yeah, for oh, sure. Yeah, for sure. But it was just supremely disappointing. And I mean, I have a little cool story that I saw in, in Hawaii, and that was really cool. And funny. You just wanted to like just brag to everyone that you went to Hawaii once. Like we get it, Zach. Well, you got you 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 can get on a plane. Good job. <laughs> well, and you can afford to go into a movie theater in Hawaii. Damn right. <laughs> um, okay, so this is so those are that's our thought. I'm the, I'm on the same thing as you. Like just. Just be a football movie if you're going to be a – because what they wanted to do, what they tried to do was broaden all bases. What we're going to do is we're going to give them just enough football that the average football fan was going to like. At least that's what they're thinking. The average football fan is going to like. And then we'll also give them all this Hollywood drama and cuteness and funny things like – like actually one of the best parts of the movie I thought – we'll get into it a little bit later – was Rick the Intern. Like I actually thought it was kind of funny. Yeah. So like they they have those like funny guys in the background, this and that, and these stories like about you know um, Vontae Mack's sister with cancer, the baby with Jennifer Garner, stuff that didn't need to happen but made Hollywood. Like they didn't choose one direction. If they had chose to make it all Hollywood or for you and I, especially being – 
big NFL fans, football fans, and draft fans. Like, just make it pure draft. Like, it would have been so much better. But instead, they tried to, to meld the two together to get the most biggest fan base possible, not swear a whole lot in it. And it was just, I think they failed. I think they failed for us as fans. Oh, they absolutely did. I don't even think there's a question. So, I mean, it was one of those movies. I watched it again because I knew we were going to do this podcast, but I have no interest in ever seeing it again. If I never see it again, it, it's fine with me. So um, so that those are our thoughts on the movie. But I went through Amazon to look at some five-star reviews of what people thought about this movie. So um, here's one. For all the critics, parentheses, paid, or the armchair variety who love to hate anything Kevin Costner does, bugger off. This film actually gives you what Moneyball didn't, a real honest-to-goodness idea of the gamesmanship involved behind with behind the scenes and trades with and no trades in the NFL. No, it's not perfect, but it will do. And then some. <laughs> Costner does a terrific job of underplaying his character and tosses out some pretty good lines that you just no, he had fun delivering, like you pancake-eating mother bleeper. <laughs> Love it, and so will you. All right, how about this one? I was a bit afraid this movie would be crass like Any Given Sunday, which was quite a disappointing movie for me. But I loved Draft Day. It was a great insight into what happens in the business of drafting players for professional football. This movie had heart with upstanding characters and a great intricate plot line. Loved it crass like any given sunday any given sunday was a great movie by the way absolutely it was actually a hundred times more realistic than draft day yeah. as far as what players go through for sure injuries and all this it was uh i know that i could not be friends with these people that are <laughs> posting these comments i know first of all by the way that that other review where the guy says who love to hate anything kevin costner does who are those people i love almost anything kevin costner does kevin yeah. costner is an amazing actor Kevin Costner is on the Mount Rushmore of actors when it comes to sports movies. He's a goddamn national treasure. Absolutely. <laughs> especially for sports movies. Especially for sports movies. That doesn't even include Robin Hood. I'm not even going to, you know, Prince of Thieves. So, okay, here's the next one. Love, love, love this movie. And I am not a big football fan. Mind you, that is a common theme with <laughs> the next few reviews. Obviously. It has something for everyone. Drama, suspense, sports, and a little chick flick throw-in. <laughs> Kevin Costner and Jennifer Garner are great. Never knew the draft was so interesting. So that's from somebody that's clearly not a football fan. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is an interesting one. I was surprised by this video. A good movie. Not action-packed, but a good movie. It shows that the older generations are still useful and that the younger ones can still learn from us if we can get them away from the technology. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That doesn't even it's just like it's just like an old guy wanted to say those young those younger people, those millennials with their phones if only they had put down their phones and see what a good movie this was. It's like this this older guy watches movie with like his grandson who was on his phone the whole time. It's like oh, you can learn a thing or two from this movie. <laughs> it's just a oh. okay. So this this next review is in all caps. I'm sorry. Well, when, whenever anyone writes anything in all caps, emails or whatever, 
just like, why are you yelling at me? <laughs> just, just, yeah, absolutely. Just add a few exclamation points if you want to get your point across. <clears throat> I'm sorry, but I'm a huge Kevin Costner fan. Also, I like football, and I've also watched a dra- the draft a couple of times. So there you go. <laughs> Ten exclamation points. <laughs> <laughs> I like the split screen while on the phone using real teams, real TV people, the real Roger, and the boomer. Never took his eyes off Mac. Took a second look at Bo. Made for an exciting, as far as I'm concerned, ending to a good movie. P.S. Really could have done without all the cuss words and bad language. Someday I will own the movie. Which, okay, a couple of things. First thing, someday I will own the movie. This is from a verified purchase on Amazon. (laughs) Bro, you bought the movie. Maybe you don't realize it, but you bought it. And then the second thing is, really could have done without all the cuss words and bad language. They toned this down. There was none. There was none. The pancake-eating mother bleeper might have been it, but I mean... Yeah, absolutely. But that was nothing. If you were to walk into any war room in the NFL on draft day, you would, it would be just non-stop obscenities. Yeah, obs- obscenities like, about mothers, yeah, about, absolutely. you know, anything. It's, it would it would have been, it's been an awful place. You have NFL players, you have NFL execs, former former players there yeah. some, sometimes, <laughs> scouts. and <laughs> They didn't tone, they didn't tone the swearing down. They eliminated they it eliminated altogether. It completely. There were almost none. It yeah. was almost unnoticeable, which is one of our criticisms is we thought they could have actually added more oh, to make it more realistic. Not realistic at all. So, uh, all right, this is, this is the last review I'll, I'll give. Um, this is one of the best movies I have ever seen. It's about people, not the sport. Nobody dies. Nobody is tortured. Nobody goes to jail. There are no sex scenes. <laughs> it is an authentic story about it, a day. About a guy who has to make tough decisions. And about the players who have what it takes with regards to integrity instead of just playability. The way the story is woven together, taking the lives of various coaches and players and managers together on draft day is fantastic. <laughs> nobody is, nobody dies. Nobody that's, is tortured. False. Nobody goes to jail. Nobody, what the false about the dying? Yeah. <laughs> There's at least a couple of people. Bonte's sister. Bonte's sister dead. <laughs> And then what else does his father? His father is dead. His father's dead. Yeah. Yeah. What else does that person say? Nobody is tortured. What do you think this is? Hostile? Well, well, that's true. (laughs) Nobody goes to jail. True, I guess. I mean, Ray Jennings got arrested. Ray Jennings got Ray Lewis murdered two people. By the way, he was he was in in this movie. movie. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess people were (laughs) murdered. Um, (laughs) um, There are no sex scenes. Jennifer Garner's in the shower. That's a little close. Yeah. Uh, but it was opaque, you know. Oh yeah, hundred percent. There are no. It's a PG thirteen movie. It's a draft day movie. It's about the draft. Why would you expect people to go? This isn't hostile. This isn't. This isn't. This isn't Saw four. Why would you expect people to be tortured? <laughs> and uh, so, so one of the things I got from all these five star reviews is a they're from people that aren't big football fans. They're at least a few times. And I didn't even mention all of them. They're from people that say, I don't watch football that often or, you know, this and that. And then the other thing is they talk about how clean it is. Like there's a lot of like, I don't know if it's watched by a lot of Christians out there or that thought of like people being afraid that it might be too risque like this last guy. I mean, I don't know. I don't watch movies that way. I don't care if it has that stuff. No. 
So, I mean, unless it's like the torture stuff, I'm not a huge fan. I don't really like torture horror movies and stuff like that. I'm all out on horror movies. (laughs) You're all out. I mean, but I mean, the guy swearing, uh, it doesn't really matter. I mean, if that's a character, it's a character, whatever. It doesn't mean I'm going to do it or whatever. But, you know, I, I just don't get people like that. But, you know, there's people out there that are like that. Whatever. So, okay, we we pretty much gave our thoughts. What is what would you say out of all the scenes in the movie was the dumbest scene in the entire movie? The dumbest scene in the entire movie for me was definitely the trade talks between the Browns and the Jags. Mm-hmm. Has to be. I mean, they make the Jaguars GM out to be a buffoon. Buffoon. What am I going to do here, Sonny? What am I going to do here? <laughs> what? Oh, oh, they just took, he took my backup. He took, he my, took back. my backup player. It's like, you don't have a draft board? What's wrong? <laughs> my what draft guys, board ends at five. Yeah, what are you guys even doing? <laughs> like, it was just terrible. The, that that was my least favorite scene. Yeah. But it also was one that made me laugh with that jerk line. <laughs> So that what do I look like a jerk? See, that's what what all of these like really clean movie yeah. watchers would love. What am I a jerk? And they're like, yeah, that's something I would say. Gee golly, <laughs> that's a lot of shenanigans going on in this movie. <laughs> a lot of buffoonery. Um, um, I think the dumbest scene in the movie for me, I'm. <sighs> I, I go back and forth. It's either it's the just the idea of being. At that amusement park, that water park. <laughs> just the idea of being at that, just I don't get it. I don't yeah, get why keep, that's important. You keep going back to that. Keep going back to that. <laughs> I can't get through it mentally. But also, you know, calling Bo Callahan right before the draft, I mean, that was dumb. Yeah. There, there's got to be something else I'm missing um, because we're a lot of dumb I mean, parts. I'm, I mean, honestly, the the whole dad burial thing. That was the dead girl thing. Okay, okay, I, I changed my mind. It was the ex-wife being at the <laughs> reading of the will. That ex-wife did not need to be in the movie whatsoever. No. She added absolutely nothing except for the except for the weird. Uh, oh, this is my girlfriend Jennifer Garner. This is my ex-wife. You guys are meeting each other. They didn't need to meet each other. This wasn't no. a. It was completely unnecessary. It was completely unnecessary. She was his ex-wife. She probably was out of the picture. She could have been out of the picture for years. <laughs> Does she go into this? <laughs> uh, anyway, so that was so okay. So we talked about the dumbest scene in the movie. There were uh, there were a few okay scenes. What was your favorite scene in the movie? Looking at it, my favorite scene in this dumpster fire of a movie <laughs> was <laughs> probably when Vontae Mack actually gets drafted. And you see a real reaction. Yeah. And that is what it's like for all prospects when they get drafted on draft day. It's life-changing. It's everything that they worked for culminating in that moment. And For years, since they were kids. Exactly. Since they were in Pee Wee. That that was probably my favorite scene. Where he was, I mean, he couldn't even talk to Sonny Sonny because he was so overcome. Like, he was just, like, crying into the phone because he was so happy. And obviously a great actor in Chadwick Boseman, so he sold it. Absolutely. He sold that that role better than um, almost anyone else sold their role in the movie. Definitely. I mean, Kevin Costner did what he could with that script. (laughs) (laughs) So I I would never, you know, blame him for for it. But, yeah, that, that was a really good scene. I, I think I mentioned this earlier, but anything with Rick the nerdy intern in it was I, I was a fan <laughs> of. Like uh, like when when Kevin Costner's complaining about um, Jennifer Garner and Rick's like, yeah, women. <laughs> <laughs> or how about like, when uh, just... Costner throws 
his computer through the wall and breaks it. And he's like, Rick is like, why would anybody do this? He doesn't know that. Yeah, Rick doesn't know that it was Kevin Costner that threw his laptop into the wall and broke it. I thought it was Kevin Costner's laptop. I had no idea it was Rick's. And yeah. he's like, why Why would anyone do this to me? Well, who would? I had my whole life on it. And then first of all, I'm like, you shouldn't have your own your whole life on your intern work laptop. That does not belong on there. No. But secondly, it was it was hilarious. Who would, <laughs> would do that? <laughs> so we went over, you know, our dumbest, our favorite scene. Even though you didn't like it, would you ever recommend this movie to anybody who hasn't seen it? No. No. I would never recommend this movie to anybody ever in the history of the world. Even if they're not big NFL fans? No. 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 I would have them see any other movie. Uh, I just, I get... I, I, I'm on the same page. I get so wrapped up because this could have been so much better. <laughs> Nate, Nate, I give this movie zero stars. <laughs> it is legitimately one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And okay. Because <laughs> it wasn't even good bad. It wasn't even like, no. this is so cheesy, dude. You have to you have to see this just to, like, Necessary Roughness is cheesy. Yeah. And it's a football movie. But I would recommend somebody see that movie because it's it's pretty, Scott Bakula. Yeah, you know? I mean, I, I guess I just can't separate myself from the draft analyst person that I am now. And I know, like, everything that goes into it and what's actually, like, being done in the behind the scenes to make everything go smoothly on draft day. Yeah. And they simplified it so much that I was just like, this is terrible. This yeah. is just terrible. It was all off the cuff. Absolutely nothing, it seemed, was was well thought out by the, the GMs or the front offices or anything or the owners. It was no, just, nobody had a plan. Nobody had a plan. It, it was, was just, just fly by the seat of your fly pants. Fly by the seat of your pants. And hopefully the phone rings and somebody offers me three first-round picks. Yeah, Exactly. And the guy who was Kevin Costner, who was basically the Jaguars GM at the beginning because he was in <laughs> imbecile, all of a sudden, you know, is, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio and Wolf of Wall Street being like, we're going to give, you're going to give me this and you're going to give me that. And, and you're going to like it. And you're going to like it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. But Change. no, I mean, it's the single worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> that, that, that's my review. Oh, great. All right. <laughs> can't 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 really disagree with that. I wasn't the worst movie at all, for, uh, ever for me. Um, but I mean, if you're the only the only people I would recommend it to are people that aren't fans of the NFL because they would actually the people that gave five star reviews that I read from Amazon, those are people that don't follow the NFL. They like it. So if you're if you're listening, first of all, you're not going to listen to this probably this podcast if you're not an NFL fan and you're not. But. I mean, if 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 you know people that aren't recommended to them, but don't watch it yourself if you haven't already. Yeah, I'm fairly. Safe. We we basically went over the entire movie. Yeah, and you did not miss a single thing or a plot point. I'm fairly certain that if you aren't a fan of the NFL, then we won't be friends, and I probably wouldn't be recommending anything to you. <laughs> yeah, so you should. That. <laughs> <laughs> and don't follow me on Twitter. <laughs> no, you can still follow me on Twitter. That's fine. <laughs> Oh man! All right, cool, cool. All right, well, it was it's great talking to you with with you, man. Um, great to talk. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah, no problem, um, guys. If you're interested, please check out our podcast. Subscribe, download this Circling the Wagons podcast. We like to do these uh, off the board uh, general football podcasts from time to time and discuss things that are interesting and relevant and uh, and good. All right, Zach. Thanks. Zach, where can they find you on Twitter? 
uh, Twitter at CALAX12, all one word. And you can find us at CTW Pod. That's at Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod. And uh, we'll talk to you guys again soon. Thanks for uh, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs> Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.